Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the U.S. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. On today's podcast, we are talking about email marketing. We're going to cover things like what to write to get people to take action. We're going to talk about do you need a professionally designed template or is a simple letter template better and the emails that Heather and I both personally open and read. I have a quick question for you guys. Do you keep getting stuck with what steps to take online in your business? Obviously, Andrew and I are covering a lot of ground on these episodes. All you need to do is follow our online marketing from A through Z learning track and get simple bite-sized steps so you do not get overwhelmed. Sign up right now at digitaltrafficinstitute.com forward slash special. Hey everybody, this is Andrew McCauley. Welcome to podcast number 116. We are talking about how to do email marketing. Email marketing is one of those things that is not going away. Despite people saying that it's dead and it's not going to be around much longer, we think that it's going to be there forever. And we'll tell you why very, very soon. Heather Porter, you are here to talk about email marketing. Hello. Hello. How's it going? I am groovy. How about you? Yeah, I'm good. You know, and I just have to quickly add one thing on that comment about email marketing. Um, here's the thing. Here's how you know it's not going anywhere. What do you use to sign up for, for a social media account? And what do you use uh-huh. to have your password sent to? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Still there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How do you log into your iTunes account, Apple Pay, with an email address, right? It's yes. there. But anyway, before we dig into this, because it's a topic that you and I both spend a lot of time digging into, and in fact, it's also one of the most trafficked uh, blog posts to our website, autopilotyourbusiness.com. Yeah, that's why we brought it up. I know, because um, we, we're listening to you guys and we're thinking, well, if you want to know a little bit more about email marketing and, and how it all works, we're going to help you out, you know? And I think. Um, I'm actually excited, Andrew, to hear the point we're going to cover at the end of the, the session about which emails we both personally open and read. I'm wondering if we have similar traits with what catches our eye. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well, so what have you been up to? Anything interesting that you've learned or come across? You know what um, just launched last week um, and it's hit the news uh, fairly big time and I don't know if you've seen this yet or not, but um, we've spoken about live streaming and video streaming with Periscope and Meerkat and MeV and all these other ones, Blab. Um, But Facebook Live has finally launched out to everybody. Everybody's got the ability to use Facebook Live. And um, the F8 conference is just about to happen, but um, when you were hearing this podcast, you would have we would have had uh, Facebook Live out for a few weeks. But the cool thing about Facebook Live, H, is that um, now you can stream live video to groups inside Facebook, right? So think about this: we've got oh. our own, we've got our own Digital Traffic Institute group, and I'm about to do one of those videos for them tomorrow. But we can stream live videos just to members of a group. Right? How cool is that? So no one else gets to see it. It can be part of your offering if you do have a membership site that, hey, join our Facebook group and, and get our live uh, live video feed, uh, live uh, 
video from inside that group. Um, you can also stream live to events. So if you create events on Facebook, you can now stream live to that event page as well. So only people that are going to the event get to see it. So there's some really cool features that are happening with Facebook Live, and I'm I'm going to be interested to see how people take up Facebook Live because it's going to be very very cool. And and there's also a couple of other things you can do on it right now is um, draw pictures or doodle even on, on the video too. So <laughs> yeah, but if you're doing a screenshot or a screen share or whatever it is, you can actually write some things on there so people get to see it. You can, of course you can interact and write comments. And if anybody watches a replay of that particular live stream let's say the video goes for 10 minutes and, and you're watching it Heather and you write a comment to me at five minutes in when somebody watches that replay they'll get to see that comment pop up at the five minute mark currently um, all you get to see is all of the comments at the at the one time when you start a stream from other platforms such as Periscope and uh, Blab so it's gonna be pretty interesting to see how Facebook live really changes things how exciting. Oh my gosh. Cause yeah. um, I know I I've had it on my personal profile. It's still not on my um, business page though. So are you, when no. you were looking into that, it's still not on all business pages, no, right? So try, no, so try on your mobile app. So here's, here's how important this is for Facebook on your mobile app where they used to have messenger, uh, you know, the messengers because messenger is a separate app. Messenger is the most downloaded app on the iTunes store, even though it's got a one star rating. Um, but it's still the most yeah. downloaded app. Now, if you go into Facebook on your on your phone, and this is true of the iOS device, I'm not sure of Android, I'm guessing it's the same. But if you go into your, um, your app on your phone, instead of where um, when you go to put a new status update, it will now say share a live video, the messenger part has disappeared. So they're really spending a lot more time getting people to make a new uh, live video. So it's pretty cool. Ooh, it's cool. The, the war between YouTube and Facebook. <laughs> yeah, big time, big time. Cool. So, wow. so, yep, watch this space for streaming. It's going to be cool. It's exciting. How about you? What's been going on with you? I know you've been under the pump and hard to uh, track down. <laughs> hard lately. to reach. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's anything like anything in business. I know everybody can relate to this. It kind of comes well – I was going to say ebbs and flows, more more crazy busy, really, all the time. But but really, um, there's something that I wanted to bring up to everybody uh, that that has a business, which I know is most of you guys, is the whole thing about boundaries. And um, what's been interesting is that a couple of sort of previous clients that purchased packages from like you know over a year ago. Um, are just surfacing now saying, I, I need it. And then I want it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know, look, I know that some of us are guilty of doing this, but also some of us are guilty of allowing people to do this. Right. So mm. I think what I've learned is just, you're never too busy to set boundaries, but also to create really good, solid systems. So if you're selling something, guys, whether it's a service or a product, create a way of protecting your time and respecting your time and your boundaries and whether that's seriously like a checkbox that somebody has to like say I accept these terms and conditions and then you actually have terms and conditions uh -huh. <laughs> that, that people accept we've been caught in, the, in this because we've moved so fast with certain things where you know we've had um people we've had products where the terms and conditions literally so bad you guys it's embarrassing it's like it's like click this box to accept the terms and conditions and a little pop-up comes up and says we'll give you a money back guarantee and that's it and then so people are like coming back for refunds and mm -hmm. we we didn't protect ourselves did we nope <laughs> not at all so, 
So I think two things out of that that I've learned or that I guess have been presented to me as a theme is with your products and your services that you're selling, make sure that you are very, very clear on how that's going to be delivered. If there's an expiration, if there's a refund policy, how does that work? And then don't be scared to refer back to that in the future. Um, you know, if somebody's coming to you and, and asking you, uh, can I have a refund or, or, you know, I want to start two years later, whatever it is, right? Um, it's important. It's important for everybody. It's respectful of your time, your boundaries, but also it will help set expectations with your clients. Unless they go straight to PayPal and ask for chargeback, but that's a different story. We won't go there. Yeah, we, we, we already talked about that one a few episodes <laughs> back. Uh, <laughs> yes, I know. I know. <laughs> Anyway, so um, so that's so so you said um that uh, there's some boundaries being pushed and uh, limited. What's 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 your next step for making sure that doesn't happen again? That's a very good question. Um, it's going to be it, it, look. It, I can't go back and retrospect or hindsight and change things that have already happened. But it's it's just going ahead. It's like every every yes or business relationship or client or service or transaction that happens from here on out, I would just want to make sure it's tightened down and expectations are more clearly outlined mm. from both sides. I think your job as, as working with a client as a business owner is to manage the client's expectations. It's oftentimes we get angry and mad because they're coming back wanting and wanting and wanting. That's human nature. Just uh -huh. keep taking until yeah. somebody says, piss no. off. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, totally. But but you're right. They do it until, and if you keep letting them do it, they'll keep doing it even more. So it is it is an important thing to stop stop them in the tracks before it gets too too down, far down the track. Totally. So enough about boundaries. <laughs> so email marketing, email marketing. Yeah. Tell us about uh, email marketing. What are your thoughts on where it is right now? And then we'll dig into uh, a few key points. What, what's uh, where, where's to where's email marketing in 2016? Yeah, look, um, I think it's still there. I think it's getting noisier and noisier out there with Gmail, you know, a while back putting in that, they're different folders where you have the primary folder and then you have promotions uh, tab, I should say tabs actually, tabs where like for me, I have this promotions tab now that's so full of emails and like, you know, marketing emails. And um, it's getting harder to stand out. It really, really is. It's still there. It's still important. It's a big part of your business. Your list is your asset because you can communicate with people on permission, but it's getting harder to stand out. What do you think? I've got some stats here for emails for 2016, and they're pretty interesting. Now, these ones, these ones specific ones are about mobile emails, but 53% uh, of emails are open on mobile devices. Right, so 53% of emails are open on mo mobile devices. That tells me that you okay. don't want to have those ridiculously long emails, and those ones that are full of all pretty pictures and stuff just don't seem to work. Because you know, when you're on a mobile device, you don't want to. You're quick. You, you you're reading an email in line when you're reading reading an email when you're in a hurry sort of thing. You don't spend a lot of time on your phone generally. So people are reading these mm. to get the gist of it at the start. Now, they say 23% of readers who open an email on a mobile device open it again later. They don't say whether they don't say whether it's later on their laptop or or back on the mobile device. But um has this one 75% of Gmail's 900 million users access their accounts via mobile devices. Wow. So that's pretty big, right? So that's just some interesting stats I, th I saw about um, some email. But automation, and we'll talk about automation as well, but 95% of companies using marketing automation are taking advantage of email marketing. 
So there you go. One, one of the highest uh, automation pieces that companies are using right now. So yeah, you know, it's it's not changing. I don't think it's changing. Um, I I think people are getting smarter. We're getting smarter in what we're delivering to people because it's more relevant to them rather than a blanket approach. Um, and the ones that are still living, you know, five years ago are not going to make it very well. What I did notice though in doing some study for this was that the average open rates are around about 20% still. I th think they've risen a little bit because people are starting to get smarter about uh, openings, uh, what they're sending people. So the open rates seem to have jumped up a little bit, which is pretty encouraging. Yeah, and I like using a tool and like a campaign monitor or MailChimp, which are email marketing platforms. And they have little charts that tell you uh, industry averages from all their different uh, email accounts that they have open rates. Yep. And it's, you know, it's definitely um, changes quite dramatically. It's anything from 20% to sort of 30%, depending on if you're, uh, say, a financial advisor versus mm -hmm. if you're a personal development person, you know, mm -hmm. it ranges yep. quite drastically. Um, um, just, just touching on that, touching on that, um, you know, when I just spoke about um, information that's being sent to people in a relevant format, um, there is segmented and targeted emails generate 58% of all revenue. Ooh, I love that stat. Yeah, I thought you would. I thought you would. You so, know why yeah. I love that stat? Because we're so big, obviously, in Digital Traffic Institute, what we do about segmentation and work. When we work with people, we're always saying, well, you know, how, how can we segment or divide your email list into different groups? And we do that straight away at the beginning of one of our entry points into our email list. We actually ask people, we say, hey, are you um, an established business, new startup, an employee? We actually literally ask them in the email and then we um, segment, we, you know, tag and group data based on employees or yeah. startups, sort of thing. And so we know, Andrew, don't we, that the majority of people in our email list right now are startups. They're in the one, they've literally uh, had their business less than two years. Yeah. And you're right. And the Campaign Monitor even said that marketers have noted a 760% increase in revenue from segmented campaigns. So that's important. Take note, 760% increase. So yeah, pretty crazy. So okay, so so what? So there's some stats, but let's let's dig into some of the meat of um, today. You know, what what do you need to write to really get people to take attention these days? I love this because um, I the one common theme that I'm going to start out with is you need to simplify your messaging and limit what you actually say. And what I mean by that is. If you look at a newsletter, think about this, you guys, from your own behavior when you're opening emails. If you see a newsletter that has like five different panels or boxes and different stories, for me personally, I go, wow, I'm way too busy to look at this. There's <laughs> way too, there is way too much going on. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. But I seriously am like, wow, I'm out of here. So I'm going to tell a little story. Um, there's a, a case study or there's a, a study done in a grocery store in the States. And what they did is they one day had a huge um, like little shelf unit up at the front of the store where they had like 100 jars of jam, all different flavors, you know, raspberry and lemon and all the different beautiful flavors there. Then the next day, they had a very small shelf with about five jars of jam. And which of those two days, Andrew, do you think sold the most jam? I think I know the answer. <laughs> 
that would be the five jar uh-huh. day because a confused mind never buys or takes action. When there's uh-huh. too much going on, too many options, then instead of doing anything at all, you don't do anything. Yep. You don't buy anything. You don't do anything. You don't take action. Same with emails. So if you have like loads of, of different, do this, go here, go look at this. Here's another article. It's too much. People are just not going to actually do anything. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's interesting that you say that. It, it was an interesting study because, you know, if, if they're not sure what's going on, they're like, uh, I think I'll just <laughs> sit down and sit down and think about it more. They, they're on your list because they want you to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. And that's that's like, just think of it like that. They came to you as an expert. They signed up because they want you to tell them what to do. And and if you're trying to tell them to do five things in one email, they're, they're like, wow, that's too much. Like your job as an expert or business owner is to simplify, filter through the information and then just provide the little morsels, you know, that help people's lives and businesses improve. Yeah, you know, so, people will say, oh, I've got so many things to offer. You know, I've got so many things that, that they could possibly want. I want to make sure I'm covering all of their bases. Um, I, I'll share a little story that's not related to emails, but it's the same, well, not related to jams, jams. but when I was in managing hotels, we had a, uh, we, I started up a night, uh, night at one of our, in our nightclub and we'd have 1500 people there and the bar was packed. So a normal bar, imagine the bar is about 30, 40 foot long. We had seven staff working behind the bar. We had everything you could think of to drink. Okay. All sorts of wines, coolers, mixes, beers, you name it, mixed drinks, spirits, was all there. But it was busy, like it was four deep, five deep at the bar all night. And it wasn't good for making money because there was people trying to give you money, but we couldn't produce enough speed for the staff to go through all of those clients. So we, we mm. um, I, I said, you know what, let's go and let's go and get a table with, uh, with a little cash register on the side, on the other side of the room where people don't have to go to the bar. They don't have to line up five deep, but they can go and there was only five choices. There was there was um, a, a high premium beer, like a proper Crown Lager pro- premium beer. There was a mm-hmm. ready to drink Jim Beam Black in a stubby, mm-hmm. which was, and both of the, in fact, all of these items, there was a breezer, a Bacardi breezer, there was a, a wine, and there was one other thing. We only had five items, that was it. And this little bar charged a dollar a dollar more per unit than the actual bar did itself, right? But people hmm. when they when when they got to the bar, they were like, "Well, I know what I want to buy. I mean, I I don't have much of a choice. I either line up or I buy what I or buy something to drink right now." And I was telling them what they wanted because I didn't have to give them a choice. And that bar was yeah. selling ridiculous amount. In fact, we became the biggest Jim Beam black seller in Australia just because it is one little bar which is taking ridiculous amounts of money for uh, what we wanted to tell the customer. So people weren't getting there and confused because, you know, we'd get people to come to the bar and they oh, I don't know if I want this or this. And it was taking the barman a long time to create all these drinks for them if they were buying three or four at a time. Whereas yeah. this little thing was like, here you go, don't, don't get confused. You've only got five options. Let's get in, get out and job's done. And it was great. It was great. So I just thought I'd share Freaking that brilliant. That yep. is so important though, because this is just human psychology. And like, I I feel like with email marketing, people copy people and they don't do it well. Like they make assumptions that, oh, if these, these big companies send out these newsletters, you know, with lots of things going on, that's what I should be doing too. Mm-hmm. Without actually just stepping back and thinking, what do you read guys? What do yeah. you look at? What, yeah. what is giving you the most benefit? And you know, yeah, less is more when it comes to yep. this stuff. Yeah. So 
Um, what, so what else about, about, you know, how to write to get people to take action? I want to fill one other thing in there. Conversational, for sure. I want to just give a couple of little examples. So Andrew and I have an email that goes out and um, we, when we decided to go into business together, we were in Egypt and we were, you know, running events for this other speaker and we were there and we took this hilarious photo of ourselves at one of the um, like, what would you call them? Temples, I guess. Hara. <laughs> it was a Hara. Hor- Horus. <laughs> a Horus. <laughs> it's a little inside joke. Um, it was a bird. It was like a, a little, like a, a statue, a large statue of a, of a sort of bird or god. And we, we put a, an email together with a photo of us in front of it. And we said, here's Andrew and I with the original Twitter bird. <laughs> <laughs> and we tell a story about what we, you know, what we got up to and the shenanigans on the road of running events. And we get emails back saying, it's so cool to be let into your life like that. Thank you so much. Or, wow, I didn't know that about you guys. So we're telling a story, key, right? That's important. We've talked about that in a previous episode with Brett Thompson about copywriting and stories. Um, So go listen to that if you want to get some ideas about writing better copy as well. Brett Thompson. Um, the other thing is, so telling stories, but we also are conversational and we're being real. And Andrew, just the other day, we sent out an email to, um, our email list. You know, those of you guys that are on there wanting to get our podcast updates. And it was about our LinkedIn one. And I wrote a story about how, um, I was looking for an accountant and this one referral came to me. And then I went on to the LinkedIn profile and then it was like old and dodgy in the 1980s dodgy photo. And I thought, I don't trust this dude with my money. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I wrote it in the email and then we got people, guess what? Yes. Responding back to an email. That's a marketing piece that said basically, Oh, Oh my God, I have to go and fix my profile. Thanks for telling me that. <laughs> yeah. It's great. That's right. It's, it's, we've even had people, um, responding to those emails, which is, as you said, but it's just, uh, as, as if it's a conversation between us and them and not, not the rest of our people that are on our list. So, I think uh, it's really important to have that. No, don't be so stiff. Don't be so, um, you know, regimented when you're writing this stuff. Just be you and let your personality shine through. Totally. Um, and the other thing on what to write is when you're writing your subject line, make sure that it feeds into the rest of the email as well. There's been people that try and get all tricky and fancy and write marketing. Um, headlines and then the email itself has nothing to do with that headline it's what mm. do they call it bait bait and switch, bait and switch. Or yeah bait and switch. yeah don't do that just just you know i find that if you're inviting people to events sometimes writing the word invitation in there or you're invited can actually work you're you don't want to trick people you want to you it's your job again to pre-qualify with your emails so you, if people are interested in an event with you then you know, put that at the top of your email that it's an invitation somewhere. So, mm-hmm. you know, be conversational um, and, and make it about them and simplify your messaging. Yes, very good. All right. What else? What, what else? else we got there? <laughs> All right. This is a big one. So do you need a professionally designed template? You know, like we're saying, one of those newsletter templates with the header and the footer and all the different bells and whistles, or is a nice, simple letter template with maybe just your logo and a, Hey there, first name, and then an email body with maybe your signature work better. What do you think, Andrew? (laughs) Well, I'm I'm looking at one right now that is um, from a, pretty well-respected content marketing company, and they have lots, it seems to be lots of images and bells and whistles on it, and I'm like, I I could not even remember one word they're talking about on here, because, you know what, the heading got me, I really like the heading, 
so I opened it up and now I'm looking at it going, I'm bored. I'm already bored because it's too much. So I personally would rather have short, sweet, text-based emails so I can read them and do what I want with them, whether I file them or trash them. We actually tested this in a couple of our areas of our business. So we tested um, with our own email list. We had a newsletter that went out that had three distinct panels in it. So we basically had our podcast, our latest podcast, our latest from the blog, and a tip of some sort. Um, And we sent that. And then we sent another one that we were testing this using the what we just said to you guys earlier, where we had the very simple letter template. And the one that came out ahead was that one. It was the simple letter template. Mm-hmm. And inside of that, we normally just put one image, right? So actually we have two. We have our logo in the signature or at the top, depending. And then we have um, an image in the middle that represents the thing that we're giving them. So whether it's a video, so if it's a video, we actually take a screen grab of the video and put a play button on the top. So they know that we're giving them a video. If it's a blog post or a podcast update, we put an image of that particular, um, you know, mark just of that blog post so they can click into the image. Um, or if it's a webinar, it's an image that represents the webinar. So it's real simple. It's a letter. It's, Hey, here's, here's, here's what's going on. Here's a little story. Here's conversation. And then click here on this image. Mm-hmm. Yep. That worked better all the time. And it also in Digital Traffic Institute, our members, we we're testing that with, with our members, and they always open the ones that are much more basic and um, one option, one thing to click on, one thing to do. So there you go. Don't be fancy. Make it simple. No. Simple and easy to consume, and then you'll probably see an increase in open rates and click-through rates as well. Totally. Um, you know what, Andrew? I'm thinking we are going to give you guys little presents. Yay. So this is all about how to do email marketing. And we have this amazing little script that we've put together. Or I should say it's a template um, that we give away inside of Digital Traffic Institute. It's basically what to do in your first eight email autoresponders. So if somebody comes to your website and they sign up for a free lead magnet or or a newsletter or something where they're opting in, this is what's called a nurture sequence. It's literally just a sequence where you're getting to know the person and they're getting to know you and you're offering them value. And it's amazing. And here I have to just fill you on a couple stories. I we used to give it away. Um, well, we've given away little little hidden secret places every now and again, like we're doing right now for you guys. Uh And um I'm, I was giving it away at one point or another, and one of the events I went to, I speak at uh, a group called The Entourage here in Sydney, in Australia, and it's for entrepreneurs. And one of the, the women that came up to my tables when I was um, doing like a mentoring circle, she sat down and she's like, I have to I have to tell you something, Heather, I feel really bad. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what's going on? I didn't even know her. She's like, well, I got your, your little autoresponder sequence thing and um, I use it with all my coaching clients. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, it, it's so good and it works so well. And they're all just blown away and amazed by it. And just the other day, somebody else said the same thing to me. She's like, I cannot tell you the improvement that my emails have gotten by just following that. So mm-hmm. I'm framing you guys up because it's valuable and we are going to give it to you. And it's going to be a link that's in 
ayppodcast.com. You need to go to podcast episode, we're at 116, did you say? 116, yes. Wowie wow. 116, go there, you guys. It's going to be right towards the top. There's going to be a nice big button that says download your bonus um, autoresponder template here. Get it, you guys. Click it. It's worth it. It'll change how you think about emails. Yes, very good. So, so tell me, what are the emails that really grab your attention? If you're looking through your box of hundreds of thousands of unopened emails, what grabs, <laughs> what grabs your attention to open open emails? Okay, so it definitely is um, a couple things. It's first of all the from name. Um, I tend to open emails that are from a name versus a business name. That's mm-hmm. just me. And then we'll compare notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's just me. So number one is that. Number two is I look at the sub- subject line and I will then use the subject line to, um, I guess I'll, I'll generate interest in there. I'll look to see, is there something in that subject line that I want to learn? And if there is, if it's a topic that I want to learn, then I'll go into the email and then I'll scan the first couple of sentences from there. Mm-hmm. And I will, I really do respond, Andrew, to the, the, the letters, like the, the written emails more than the newsletters. To be honest, I actually see a big, fat, graphically designed newsletter. And I, I actually will seriously just chuck it in the, in the bin mm-hmm. straight away. I put it mm-hmm. straight into my trash. Yep. <laughs> That's me. Um, what about you? What do you um, pretty much the same thing. Uh, definitely names first. Um, yep. Now I'm seeing some from like this person from this business. So it's, you know, Kevin yeah. from Buffer. So that generally, because I know those people will give good information. So I'll, I'll look for uh, connections that I've, um, as far as, oh, well, I've seen their content before and I liked what they have. So I'll read it. But then, you know, I'll look at things like, um, uh, GameStop news. And I'm like, I'm not even going to open. I'm not even going to waste my time. Or Digital Hill. Oh, I don't care who you are. I don't want to know about it, right? So, um, or yeah. Salesforce connections. I'm like, really? I don't want to know that sort of stuff. So, um, I really, I really look for people that are that I recognise. Um, then I look at the the uh, subject line, and you know, if I see things like, uh, don't risk missing out. I'm like, Ugh, really? such a lame, <laughs> lame title. And it's just sad because this, this person is, I usually respect this person, but I'm, I'm like, wow, really? Are you, if that's working for you, then keep using it, but you're not going to get me opening that line because it's just done to death. So I really look for, uh, I really look for subject lines that are actually interesting to me. All right. Yeah. You know, I mean, someone says, does, does the word technology give you a fright? Well, uh, if you really knew where I was, who I was, and where I came from, you'd know that technology doesn't give me a fright. So you've already lost me. <laughs> yeah. You know. So I look at that and go, "You have no idea who I am. You're blanket emailing your people. I need to unsubscribe from your list quickly." So you, that's back back to segmentation, right? right that we talked totally, about earlier. Yeah. Totally. So. Mm-hmm. Um. So there you go. So there's the. Uh, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I I I do have. Uh, many emails unread, which I need to go through every couple of weeks and delete massively. Um, and I think you have the record for the amount of unread emails, but that's <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not you. a story. Um, so yeah, so that's that's basically how I how I do it. You know, another thing I look at too. I'll just bring this up, and I, I think it's important to to say based on the stats you gave earlier about people reading emails on on mobile devices. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I look actually for the phrases that are hyperlinked. So I think using a sentence that says, get my five things to do this in your business. And if you hyperlink that whole sentence, it's telling me that if I click on that, that's what I get mm. rather than using the words click here right. and then just hyperlinking those. I think you, the use of phrases is important because when I open those emails, I'll have a little read of the subject line and I'll scan through and I, my eyes just go to the links, right? So I'm looking to see if what I need is, is, is that a benefit to me? Uh-huh. And I see that in the link. So if I ever get emails that say click here, I generally just toss them as well. Yep. And I think links are important. Also, mobile devices too. If you just hyperlink a word, click here, that's way harder to click with your finger on your phone rather than a full sentence yes. as well. Yes. Yeah, very good. Very good. So, yeah, so that's that's sort of uh, me. I, I I don't think I miss too many emails with my quick scanning now that I you know, now that now that you're used to it, but I don't I don't think I miss too many, um, and I'll always go back every you know, month or so and go make sure I've uh, covered everything. But you know, I think you you get into your own little system, and you, what you should do is start looking at what works for you, because if it works for you, then you may want to start Im- implementing that, so people use that when they're opening your emails. Yeah. Completely. Um, I also have a recommendation for you guys when you're getting the emails that are coming in from the list you're a part of. Anything that you open, um, copy and paste the subject line and keep like a little swipe file, just a little document, you know, on your on your on your desk. So um, yeah. So I guess what was I say? Oh yeah, keep a swipe file of subject lines. If you're opening them, there's something in that, you guys. So pay attention to that. And yes. then when you're writing an email, you can go back to that document and go, oh yeah, that's that's one that I really liked. I can just use that and tweak it for my messaging. Yes, definitely. Good, good. So there you go. Anything else on the email marketing front that we should bring up? Um, no, I think we've covered it. I can't believe this time has flown once again. I, you know what? I'm going to leave you guys with one thought. Um, whether you use – like the, there's so many different email marketing platforms out there. And like MailChimp, you know, there's MailChimp. There's Constant Contact, Co- Campaign Monitor. There's Entreport, Infusionsoft, you name it. I've heard a lot of people get hung up um, thinking, oh, my gosh, I need to, you know, I need to get the Cadillac. I need to get the Infusionsoft or whatever when I'm just getting started. Not really. When you we're, we're talking about email marketing, you just need to have a system that's going to allow you to put forms on your website and then send out emails like we're talking about. And all these platforms, you can either do beautiful graphic ones like we've discussed or just simple letter ones. And I don't want you guys getting hung up on necessarily the system that you use. Just get a system that's affordable for you mm-hmm. and all of them. All these systems out there nowadays let you do this sort of stuff that we're talking about. I had that question today again. Should I get Infusionsoft or should I stick to MailChimp? And my answer is, you know what, because you're starting out, this person was starting out, I said, you know, you wouldn't go and buy a Ferrari to drive across the road to buy some milk, right? If that's all you're going to use the Ferrari for. And that's what people, that's what people get hung up on. They go and want to go and buy Infusionsoft or an Entreport where they're paying hundreds of dollars a month to do something where they could easily pay $20 a month and get exactly the same result. So yeah. horses for courses, use what you need to. And then when you grow, then yes, look at Infusionsoft and Entreport for when that when that time comes. Absolutely. Good advice. Okay, so let's face it. The amount of marketing information available is crippling businesses to make informed decisions. Are you one of them? 
Before you spend another dollar on the next shiny object, ask us if it's worth it first. Stop the overwhelm at Digital Traffic Institute. Become a member now at digitaltrafficinstitute.com forward slash special and come and hang out with Andrew and myself. All right, H. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. I want to wrap up with what we covered really quick for you guys, just so you can take, have a few key takeaways. Um, so number one, what we covered is what to write to get people to take action. Remember one message, keep it simple and keep it conversational. And then we talked about, do you need a professionally designed template or a simple letter template better? Well, what we discovered was simple's best, right? So one, one topic and then also simple design. And what else did we cover? We talked about the emails that Andrew and I both open and personally re read. And I, hopefully you guys got some good little pointers in there on, um, you know, what to do with your emails to improve them. Yes. Very good. Awesome. That's it. We are done. That's a wrap. We'll see you on our AYBpodcast.com episode 116 for that little bonus download. Remember, come on over and grab it. It's a good one. Okay. Thank you. See you later. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelt securely fastened. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the Internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we play again, happy travels.